And hello, and welcome to our program, The Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy Edition. I'm Dick Batista, along with Nathan Jones of Lamb Lion Ministry, and it's great to be here with every one of you. So have a great program prepared for you today as we're going to be talking about Bible prophecy epicenter. So stay tuned for today's program. And those of you following us live on social media, make sure you share this program with your friends so they can follow along with us. But before we continue, I'm going to ask my co-host, Nathan Jones, if he will open us up with a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, we ask that you be with us. Uh, we've definitely reached dark times and a lot of fear and concern over where the world is going. Pray, Lord, that your words will illuminate us, encourage us, and bring us joy. We may serve you well. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Again, you tune into our Truth Will Set Free Bible Prophecy Edition. Vic Batista Nathan Jones, as we're talking about Bible prophecy epicenters. Again, for those of you that are following along, Make sure you share this program with your friends so they can be part of this program. But before we continue, I'm going to welcome my co-host of the program, Nathan Jones. Nathan, it's great to have you on. Brother, great to be on yet again. Uh, through all the turbulence that seems to be uh, going around the world, and especially here in the United States, it's always uh, a joy to hear your optimistic, excited voice. Thank you, Nathan. The same here. Well, well, you and I, are our states, if you will, Texas and Florida, just made the news, but it wasn't necessarily for good news. No, you know, here we thought we were so great opening up early, uh, Texas and Florida and Georgia, and uh, then we got smacked with all these high level of, of COVID cases, and we thought it was over, and it's not. Uh, you could almost, it's not wave two, but for us it is, isn't it? So here in Texas now, we're uh, required to wear face masks in public. A lot of the beaches, I was uh, vacationing a few weeks ago, now those same beaches are closed. Stores are closed again. Uh, I should say, rest, sit-down restaurants are, are closing, back to curbside. Movie theaters, which were supposed to open up this month, are not. Uh, it's very, very depressing. A lot of people are getting into the hospitals. And I know you who uh, serve uh, full-time at hospitals are seeing quite, a, quite an increase, right, of, of people coming down with COVID-19. Yeah, Nathan, it's been a little bit of a, of a, of a surge, uh, and uh, definitely those numbers are going up, and the concern, of course, is the ventilators, making sure that uh, we actually have enough of those uh, for the very critical patients. But on the upswing of things, on the good news is that we are having a lot more recoveries, Nathan, than deaths. Praise the Lord. I, I've seen one report actually says that the death toll is, is so low now worldwide. I mean, again, I don't want to belittle the half a million people who have died, but it's low enough not to consider it a pandemic. And so pretty soon we're supposed to hear who announced that uh, we are, this is no longer a pandemic anymore. So that should do a lot to hopefully encourage people and give them hope. So many people without hope now and have so much time on their hands. I think a lot of this uh, social upheaval we're seeing is a result of fear and, and unsurety about the future and and so hopefully uh, this will bring people kind of back down to the earth. Absolutely. And Nathan, and yeah, we want to encourage people, let them know God is in control. But, you know, there are some practical things that we can do uh, as we're noticing this, uh, the difference in COVID patients that are being affected and those that are recovering. Health is very important, Nathan. So we just want to encourage people out there, hey, wear your mask, make sure you wash your hands, make sure you stay healthy, do some exercise, eat properly. All those things really contribute, Nathan, to a quick recovery. Oh, praise the Lord. Yeah. I mean, again, I hear very conflicting things when it comes to masks, but uh, you know, if it, it helps people feel encouraged and it, we're showing Christian love, by, <laughs> I, yeah. I'll wear a mask for that reason. I, I don't think there's really any medical benefit to it, but uh, then again, if, if it helps people feel safe and encouraged, then it, 
it's my Christian duty to show Christ's love that way. Yes, and absolutely, Nathan. I go to Starbucks, and they have they have a, a, a mandated sign that says wear mask. So I'll just bring one in so people don't feel weird, and at least I can get my coffee. <laughs> I thought you gave up coffee. Actually, you're right. I drink tea now. So, <laughs> E-totaler. <laughs> but anyway, but Nathan, it is, a, it is a, you know, we do want to encourage people. We are facing some very challenging times because, you know, we do want to obey the government and we want to keep order. We want to do things right. Some of the laws we might not, we might not necessarily agree or understand, uh, especially uh, churches. Uh, we love to worship. We love to sing. We sing California that's become a challenge, you know. And we tell people, hey, pray, ask the Lord to guide you in your ministry as to what to do. But at the end of the day, let's continue to uh, spread the, the, the good news of Jesus Christ, the gospel, and love one another, you know? Amen, brother. Well said. So, Nathan, with that also, one of the things, again, as we're talking about end time and signs of the times, is that there's a lot of things that the Bible talks about are going to happen in the last days. And uh, you and I have read a few of the passages pertaining to that. But I thought you might be able to open us, Nathan, to Ma uh, Mark chapter 13 and read for us verses 3 through 8. So then we can talk about some of these events and where really are they going to be taking place? All right. Well, that's going to be our foundational passage in Mark 13, 3 through 8. It reads, Now as he, Jesus, sat on the Mount of Olives opposite the temple, Peter, James, John, and Andrew asked him privately, Tell us, when will these things be, and what will be the sign when all these things will be fulfilled? And Jesus, answering them, began to say, Take heed that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name, saying, I am he, and will deceive many. But when you hear of wars and rumors of wars, do not be troubled, for such things must happen. But the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be earthquakes in various places, and there will be famines and troubles, these are the beginnings of sorrows. Ooh, Nathan, those are powerful passages. And here we see these events that we see in right now, signs of the end times. And yet the Bible is very clear, Nathan, that the epicenter where all these things are going to take place primarily is going to be in downtown Manhattan in New York, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, there was no Manhattan in Jesus' time. It was called <laughs> New Amsterdam. No, just kidding. <laughs> it wasn't called uh, the Manhattan Indians live there, but uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's a little background to give us context here. Mark 13 and parallel in Matthew 24 and Luke 21 is the apostles were with Jesus. They were at the temple and they're just wowing over the temple. Biggest, most impressive building they've ever seen. Seat of God. And then Jesus says, just blankly, it'll be all torn down in three days. And they were shocked. They didn't know what. So they asked the Lord three questions. They want to know. When this will happen, in other words, when will the temple be destroyed? And we know through history that was 70 AD. What will be the sign of the end times? In other words, leading up to Jesus's return at the rapture and of the things to come of the end times, the second coming at the end of the tribulation. And Jesus gave 10 signs to look out for that would point to the return of Jesus Christ at each of these events. And they would increase more frequently and more intensely the closer we got. Here in this passage we read, we see wars and rumors of wars and nation against nation, which we spoke in a previous podcast. Nation means ethnos. In other words, ethnic against ethnic or ethnic tensions. Uh, nations, a kingdom against kingdom. Uh, there also be earthquakes and famines and troubles. And Jesus said, uh, these are going to be sorrows, but they're just the beginning of sorrows. The real time period of sorrows is the seven year tribulation. The prophet Daniel prophesied about 
when God will bring 21 earth-shattering judgments upon the world to get people to get to their knees and repent and turn to Jesus Christ as their Savior. So what we're seeing in our nation today, uh, wars and rumors of wars, ethnos against ethnos, earthquakes and, and food supply distribution and troubles, those are all the beginning of sorrows. But it doesn't mean that, like you said, it's not New York City, it's not Hollywood, it's not L.A., it's America isn't the center of Bible prophecy. In truth, the center of Bible prophecy, God's prophetic time clock, is the nation of Israel. Excellent point. And Nathan, that's a very good point. And the reason why we want to bring uh, highlight that is because here in America, yes, we have a lot of challenges, a lot of fears, a lot of things. But we need to recognize when it comes to end time Bible prophecy, uh, the geographic locations where all these events are going to take place, we need to recognize that the focus is not here, but it's actually places in the Bible where it clearly tells us where they're marked and where these events are going to take place. And one of those, Nathan, is found in Zechariah chapter 14, verses 1 through 4. Okay, can you take us there and then we'll talk a little bit about that? Right, right. I'm gonna, I'll point out a good example of, of why Israel is the center point is that Michelle Bachman was being interviewed by Jan Markell on Olive Tree Views recently, and she brought up this fantastic point. She pointed out that in January, when President Trump gave his State of the Union address, it was always winning, winning, winning. Our country was winning, winning, winning. And that very weekend, his, he and his team presented the deal of the century to uh, help Israel. Now, President Trump, big supporter of Israel, a uh, big supporter of Christianity, he's trying to do the right thing. But the Lord said not to divide his land. And any nation that did would be basically shattered upon the rock, so to speak. Within that week, COVID came into the United States. We started seeing economic collapse. We started seeing social upheaval. All of a sudden, racism became this huge issue. I mean, the country is in turmoil, and it's all because of our reaction to Israel and dividing the land. At least that's the point Michelle Bachman made. Now, whether the Lord is punishing us for our uh, actions against Israel, or this is just the signs of the times rolling out, but again, it points to even our national woes are tied to how we treat Israel. So let's then get to address what you said, Zechariah 14, 1 through 4. It reads, Behold, the day of the Lord is coming, and your spoil will be divided in your midst. For I will gather all the nations to battle against Jerusalem. The city shall be taken, the houses rifled, and the women ravished. Half of the city shall go into captivity, but the remnant of the people shall not be cut off from the city. And the Lord will go forth and fight against those nations as he fights in the day of battle. And in that day his feet will stand on the Mount of Olives, which faces Jerusalem on the east. And the Mount of Olives shall be split in two from east to west, making a very large valley. Half of the mountain shall move towards the north and half of it towards the south. Ooh, Nathan, and that's a powerful passage. And you made an excellent point. Israel is the focal point. I mean, where else is the Mount of Olives located, right, Nathan? Where is this going to take place? But right there in that epicenter in Israel. You know, what we just read in Mark was Jesus talking about the beginning of pains. What we're reading here in Zechariah is the end of pains. It's the climax. It's the, the end of the story. It's, it's when the world is at its worst point. It's the very end of the tribulation. This one world ruler, the Antichrist, will rise to power. We're starting to see all the elements of that now with all this radical uh, socialism and communism, this totalitarian thinking. That's what the Antichrist government will be. 
And so the, eventually, as we read here, and, and it's tragic because it says all the nations will be there to basically try to destroy Jerusalem. And that includes the United States. So again, the United States isn't a world player in the end times. It's just one nation inside the Antichrist kingdom. And here, as the world tries to destroy the Jewish people, this is the second coming. Jesus comes at the end of the tribulation. It says he lands on the Mount of Olives, which is just across from Jerusalem. He lands so hard. It's like, you know, in those Avengers movies, when the Hulk hits the ground, it right. the ground. Well, Jesus will land and it'll split the mountain in two and it'll form this valley. And the Jewish people that are holed up inside and being persecuted and half of them having uh, fled to the wilderness and, and many of them being taken into captivity, they'll be able to escape to Jesus in safety and they will see Jesus and they will accept him as Messiah. So, brother, we just read the beginning and now we read the end and it's going to take 2000 years for all this to happen. Absolutely. And, and Nathan, and that's and, and basically we're just showing some areas, geological locations so that individuals can see how events are going to be, uh, how events are going to unfold, but also to sort of get us, get our eyes off ourselves, because we also believe that America right now, it, it's in trouble. And if we don't repent, if we don't turn around uh, very soon, we're, we're not going to be that superpower. We're not going to think that we're it. We're going to recognize that we're going to be uh, falling, if you will, from the position that we have uh, if we're not careful. And we have a great responsibility that has been given to us as Americans, and that is to make a difference with the gospel. Absolutely. The fact that the Lord has blessed this nation for 244 plus years uh, and it's because we have been a great defender of the faith and a great defender of Israel. Uh, I was reading the, one of the most recent Barna poll about practicing Christians, and it went from 45% in 1993 to less than 33%. And of those, evangelicals are only about 9%. So we're talking about a tenth of the country is passionate about the Lord anymore. The, the nuns category, the atheists and the agnostics are now 25% of the country. We're seeing the country shift religiously away from God and away from supporting Israel. And we know that eventually, and I'm sure this is after the rapture, when there's no Christians to hold that back anymore, the United States will fall into that totalitarian regime that the Antifa is fighting so hard, and they will join the Antichrist and his government, and they will be just as much as enemy to Israel as any other nation. And that's the future, and that's how we know it's going. Now, as Christians, of course, we continue to be salt and light until the Lord raptures his home, so that hasn't changed. But we know that eventually the United States will fall to a totalitarian regime and willingly give itself over to the Antichrist. So that's a that's very depressing to think about. But again, this was prophesied in Daniel, that Jesus said that the Gentile nations will be swept away, the Antichrist kingdom being the last phase of Gentile rule, and that Jesus will rule and reign on this earth from Jerusalem. He is the center. His government will rule from Jerusalem. So uh, this is it. We're seeing the end of the Gentile age in our time. And it's exciting and, and, and frightening and depressing all at the same time, isn't it? Yeah. Well, Nathan, that's a good point, because see, no matter what happens, I believe we as Christians should always be excited because we know our destiny. We know our future. So we might lose some materialistic things. We might lose some comfort. But at the end of the day, we know where we're going. So even if America falls as a superpower, the believers and the Christians, hey, we still have a responsibility. We can still rejoice because we know what we have been mandated to do. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's, we're still walking by the Great Commission. 
We've seen empires like the mighty Roman Empire, the Ottoman Empire, uh, the British Empire. Uh, There's been empires rising and falling for the last 2,000 years. If America fades away, it's just another empire that's fallen. Uh, You know, you bring up a great point because as Americans, I, I think we have this idea that like the ancient Israelites did. The Israelites believed that as long as they had the temple, that God would bless them. And people would, the prophets would come to the Israelites and give God's messages of repent or you'll be destroyed. And they would answer, the temple, the temple, the temple. In other words, we have the temple, so how could it possibly be destroyed? Here, Jesus, same thing in Mark 13. The apostles are like, the temple destroyed? That's unthinkable. We, we here in America have been so blessed by God that we think that God sits on his throne wrapped in an American flag, as our founder, <laughs> right. Dr. David Reagan, likes to say. And no, God is not a lover of, of Gentile kingdoms. Matter of fact, he prophesied 2,500 years ago that Gentile kingdoms will come to an end, and a believing remnant of Jews will be in the millennial kingdom as a priestly nation over this earth. And that's the future. And so, no, you're right. America is not the center of prophecy. The Lord's used it mightily just like he did the British Empire to bring the gospel in the 1800s and the Germans and to bring out the Reformation in the 16 and 1700s. The Lord is using uh, all these empires mightily, but when he's done with them and they grow unfaithful, then he discards them. And that's what we're seeing in America today. I, I, I like to think that we have hope that we can still be a beacon of light in this country and, and still hold back the tide of evil but we know prophetically the tide of evil will eventually overcome this country. And that means that the Lord's job for us will, will be done as uh, America being a beacon of light for the world. The, we're seeing a shift away from American exceptionalism to Israeli exceptions. Israel will be a superpower during the tribulation. It's going to come. And Bible prophecy prophesied it. We just have to accept it. Yeah, and Nathan, and that is the that is what we're hoping that individuals uh, understand. Because if we really believe that the rapture of the church is at the door, which we believe is true, then that also means that if everything is lining up prophetically, America also is going to be shifting very soon. We believe because if all these um, events are literally at the door, and we're seeing these signs uh, uh, that are just amazing, we also must understand that. While we're still here, we got to make a difference, but there is going to be major shifts coming. There are. There absolutely are. And, and it'll, as Jesus said, it'll be more frequent and more intense, these signs. Uh, and they'll continue to get worse and worse. And so, I mean, you and I have seen in our lifetimes that the signs of the end times have been increasing. Matter of fact, they've converged. Now all 10 signs are merging and happening all at the same. The whole world is focused on Israel. Israel can't even build an apartment complex without the whole world going bananas. And now that uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu wants to annex Samaria and the Judea area, uh, <laughs> which we call known as the West Bank, uh, that could very well trigger the Psalm 83 war where the surrounding nations around Israel attack Israel and it's prophesied Israel will defeat them. And then later, which I, I believe we'll get into uh, hopefully here, is the Gog and Magog war. Uh, that is coming soon as well. Exactly. And Nathan, that's a that's a great segue that you just made for us, because right there, Ezekiel chapter um, uh, 38, if you will be able to read for us verses 8 uh, through 12, again, as we talk about the epicenters, that location where these wars are going to take place and all these events, again, it's not America, but we're talking about the Middle East, we're talking about Israel, and those are the parts of the world. 
Right, right. Well, this is one of the, we always hear about Armageddon, but this Gog and Magog war prophesied in Ezekiel 38 is the most uh, well-explained, well-described prophetic war in the Bible. This passage in verses 8 through 12 go, After many days you will be visited, and in the latter years you will come into the land of those brought back from the sword and gathered from many people in the mountains of Israel, which had long been desolate. They were brought out of the nations, and now all of them dwell safely. You will ascend, coming like a storm, covering the land like a cloud, you and all your troops and many peoples with you. Thus says the Lord God, on that day it shall come to pass that thoughts will arise in your mind, and you will make an evil plan. You will say, I will go up against a land of unwalled villages. I will go to a peaceful people who dwell safely, all of them dwelling without walls and having neither bars nor gates, to take plunder and to take booty, to stretch out your hand against the waste places that are again inhabited and against the people gathered from the nations who have acquired livestock and goods who dwell in the midst of the land. Mm. And Nathan, right there, that's amazing because it tells us exactly the location. It tells us the people. It tells us the players uh, in these wars. And this is one, like you're saying, Nathan, these are some events that we can start to see in, even during our time. What this prophecy is, is is partially fulfilled. What it's talking about is the Israelites, uh, Israeli people, will come from dispersion. And they were dispersed in 70 AD and forced to uh, be refugees throughout the world but that one day the Lord would regather them back into the land, which he did in the early part of the 20th century. Israel would become a nation again, and it did in May of 1948. Uh, the land was desolate and uninhabitable, and the Jewish people returned and made it a bounty like a garden. You and I have both been there. We've seen Israel is a bounty again. This part of the prophecy has been fulfilled in our lives. Now, this other part that hasn't is a reference to the ruler of Russia. It designates him as Gog. Now, Vladimir Putin uh, recently has been given basically president for life, just like Xi Jinping in China. Now we have, uh, he's a czar, a king, basically. If this prophecy happens in our lifetime, and I believe we do, this is an address to Gog, who more than likely, looking at this time period, now it might change, will be Vladimir Putin. And let's say that Vladimir Putin is Gog, and I'm not saying that he is, but it if this happens today, he would be. He gets this idea that, hey, let's get the Islamic nations together and let's go destroy Israel and plunder her. The reason being is that Israel has, in the last few years, found this tremendous gas fine and is about to start pumping gas to Europe. What does that mean? Russia's whole economy is based on pumping gas from their land to Europe. And now Israel is about to be a major competitor with Russia and could very well destroy its economy. So we're seeing that this is playing out very close. I mean, if something like this happens, this Gog and Magog war, it's going to happen soon. That yes. Putin will want to come down to Israel, destroy it, plunder it, and leave it for the Arabs to ravish. And uh, if we read in these passages, we'll see how it'll turn out. Absolutely. Thank you, Nathan. And of course, again, for those of you that just tuned in, you tuned into the Truth Set Free Bible Prophecy Edition, Big Batista Nathan Jones with Landline Ministries. As we're talking about Bible prophecy epicenters, again, the focus on Israel and all these wars, rumors of wars, and end time events, very clear. The focus is not the United States of America, but what we see here the Bible prophecy speaks about this area in Israel. Uh, Nathan, again, what an amazing uh, um, uh, storyline you left for us because we, again, Again, we see these pieces lining up amazingly accurately 
And if things don't change and we're talking about the soon return of the Lord that can happen at any time, I mean, how much closer are we? I, I, I mean, we are seeing what was historically uh, uh, people that were diehard enemies are now friends. Vladimir Putin, Erdogan in Turkey. Uh, we're looking at the Ayatollahs in Iran, uh, the, the stand nations that used to be part of the former Soviet bloc. We're seeing Russia now involved in Libya. And these are all the nations that were prophesied to join Gog and come down and attack Israel. So the alliances are already there. Uh, the power's there. And if this was a crime series investigation, <laughs> now we have the motive. We have the reason why Russia will feel compelled to come and, and take Israel's plunders because uh, they are economically threatened right now, very much so. So I don't see how this could possibly drag on for a few more years of People really want to get into trying to figure out the timing of this. They can go to our website at ChristinProphecy.org. I've written a long article using um, Dr. Ron Rhodes' book, Northern Storm Rising. And the article is called Timing Gog and Magog. And it gives all the different timing cues. And I believe, and Dr. Rhodes believes, that the Gog and Magog war happens uh, just after the rapture, but at the just before at the onset of the tribulation. And the fact that all this is lining up right now, it means this is very close, which means even more so the rapture of the church is even closer. Mm, excellent point, Nathan. Thank you so much again. For those of you that just tuned into the program, we're living in exciting times for the church. This is a great time uh, to be a Christian. There's so many wonderful opportunities, ways for us to encourage people. I mean, we're living uh, really in a wonderful generation, according to First Thessalonians, that we could be the generation that possibly is alive and remains when the Lord returns and raptures us home. Nathan, of course, we know there's countless people out there that do not have a relationship with the Lord. We're saddened for them because if they were to die today, they would not. They will. They will be separate, separated from God forever, and, and we really don't want that. So, for those of you that are tuned in that don't have a relationship with the Lord, it's crucial for you to come to Christ now while there is still time. And of course, we're going to take an opportunity to give you an invitation and again share with you how you can come to Jesus even right now, so that you can celebrate with us the wonderful things that await the church. Nathan, would you be able to maybe speak to that person on the other side that doesn't have a relationship with the Lord, how they cannot? Uh, again, really allow any more time to pass by without coming to Christ right now, how they can start their relationship even right now. Well, if you died right now, you got to ask, where would you go? Jesus in John 14, 6, I, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father, in other words, goes to heaven, without me. Jesus is the conduit. He's the bridge. There's no way, not Buddhism, not Islam, not Shintoism, not Mormonism, None of these isms will get you to heaven, not by works, but by grace, the grace that Jesus Christ gives us because he paid the penalty for your sins on the cross. And all you have to do is believe that Jesus is the son of God and ask him to be your savior. So in repentance, pray from your heart, something like, dear Jesus, please forgive me of my sins and be my Lord and savior. And Jesus will do just that. Your sins will be forgiven your guilt will be gone, you'll have a new life, and you'll have the promise of the rapture of the church and an eternal life in heaven with Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much, Nathan. And of course, maybe you trusted the Lord right now. Hey, why not reach out to us 
305-992-9537. We would love to pray with you. We'd love to give you some uh, material so that you can continue to grow in the Lord. And we want to celebrate with you because the Bible is clear that everyone who turns to the Lord, there's a celebration in heaven for them. So we're excited for that. So we want to congratulate those of you that may be trusted in Christ. We'd love to hear from you. And Nathan, amazing, amazing times that we're living in, Nathan. And again, what a wonderful focus for people to recognize. The epicenter is Israel. God still has a wonderful plan for America. The doors and the windows and the clock is ticking. Our time is almost up. So we need to go out there and just share the good news with as many people as possible before it's too late. And I know, Nathan, we had a few other passages that we wanted to cover, but maybe we'll have to tackle that at a later program as we sort of ran out of time for this segment of the program. But it's always great to have you expound on these wonderful scriptures for us. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's so much involved with Israel and end time prophecy. Uh, there are whole series we could do. So absolutely. Let's pick this up next week. Absolutely. And again, for those of you that are tuned into the program, again, just uh, make sure that you continue to pray for us and be part of these programs. We're living in exciting times. We're here to encourage you. We're very excited for what God is doing. But again, we ran out of time for this segment of the program. Vic Batista, Nathan Jones, may the Lord bless you and keep him in his face shine upon you. We want to say goodbye to you and have a wonderful day. Nathan, thank you for being on the program. God bless you all.